This is ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Critchman. Joining me today is Dr. Rachel Perry. She's an assistant professor of OBGYN at the University of California at Irvine in Irvine, California. Today we're going to be talking about contraception and sexuality and the impact of a variety of different therapeutics that we're doing to prevent pregnancy and how they can impact overall sexual function. Dr. Perry, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Talk to me a little bit about oral contraceptives, the combined oral contraceptive pills with estrogen and progesterone. What's your discussion, what's your thought about how they impact sexuality overall? I know there's a big discussion about the controversy about those. Well, let me start by stating that the primary purpose of contraception is to separate sex from procreation. And so sexual pleasure is really the point, and we should be talking about that more than we are. So I'm really glad that you're bringing this up. When we talk about contraception effects on sexuality, and we can focus on oral contraceptive, there's some positive forces. So there's decreased anxiety about having an unintended pregnancy if you're using contraceptives effectively. For many methods, like the oral contraceptive pill, there's increased spontaneity. And the side effects, like shorter and lighter periods, might improve a couple's sex life. But there can be negative forces as well. Some women get mood effects, headaches, breakthrough bleeding using oral contraceptive pills. So those can be detrimental to their sex lives. And there's also this idea that the estrogen component of the combined pill can decrease circulating androgens, which we know are related to libido. So some women do complain of decreased libido when they're using the oral contraceptive pill. The studies really are very mixed, and I think part of that is because this is such a complex picture and there's so many things that contribute to sexual function. And a lot of the studies do a poor job of looking at other factors, such as is she also taking an antidepressant, what's her relationship status, what's her age, and all of those things can impact sexual function as well. Right. And I think those are very important issues. And for those listeners, the oral estrogen increases SHBG or sex hormone binding globulin, which in turn goes into the circulation and binds free testosterone. So I think the important thing with combined oral contraceptives is usually it's a time-related issue. You know, if a woman comes in and says, I've been on oral contraceptives for 10 years and, you know, in the last three months I have no libido, it's not necessarily related to a lowered testosterone. Usually women will come in and they say, you know, I started the oral contraceptive six weeks ago and now my libido is terrible. I think the concern is there's articles on both sides of the fence. You know, you take a young woman who has severe acne, who is uh, socially very concerned, doesn't go out, she has lowered self-esteem, or a woman who has dysmenorrhea or painful periods, or someone who's heavy bleeding, and you give them the oral contraceptive, it is a game changer. It is a life changer. They now are feeling active and vibrant and more in the game and more sexually interested. So again, it points to the diversity of the etiological factors that contribute to overall female sexual health and wellness. And we shouldn't put you know, all the eggs in one basket in terms of testosterone. 
What's concerning, I think, for me is that there's emerging data to support the fact that if you use oral contraceptives, sometimes the changes can be permanent and irreversible, as well as the concern and the link with the lower dose oral contraceptives and pain at the vulva. So again, I think we need to individualize, we need to look, we need to talk about the benefits and risks, and really examine the data to really understand the importance of the overall choice that a woman is making. What about the IUDs, Dr. Perry? Tell me a little bit about some of the information. Is there anything new in terms of IUDs and their impact on sexuality or sexual function? Sure. So there's there's two types of IUDs that are available in the U.S., and one is the progestin IUD, which goes by the brand names Mirena, Liletta, Skyla, and that has local progestin that acts on the uterus and cervix primarily to prevent pregnancy, although some does get into the bloodstream, so there certainly can be some indirect hormonal effects, but we think that it should be much lower theoretically than the oral contraceptive pill or any method that you're taking systemically. The other type of IUD that's available in the U.S. is the Paragard Copper IUD, and so that has no hormone. Now, in terms of research that's been done on intrauterine devices and sexuality, it's much more limited than the oral contraceptive pill. So the research that's been done already doesn't point to any specific concerns about sexual function, although it's, it's not of the highest quality. There was a, a good qualitative study that was recently published where focus groups talked about using the progestin IUDs and how it affected their sex lives. And these women mentioned that one thing that really benefited their sex life was a high method efficacy. And so we know that a woman using an IUD has about a one in a thousand chance per year of unintended pregnancy, which is really low compared to other methods. And so that can really increase the you know, spontaneity and the comfort level with knowing the, that there's at such low risk for unintended pregnancy, and that can allow the couple to enjoy sex more. And also they talked about the low hormone level. Some of the women had been on oral contraceptive pills in the past and, and really noticed a difference in systemic hormonal effects. But they also mentioned some negative impact. So IUDs can make women have more dysmenorrhea, more cramping, although on the whole, usually women using the progestin IUD have less cramping. It can cause changes in the bleeding pattern, so you can have unpredictable bleeding, which can impact sexual function. The other thing that they talked about was their male partner feeling the IUD string and that detracting from sex. Right. And I think, you know, I think you make a good point. The concern about pregnancy, very often I'll see women who present with low libido and low frequency of sexual activity. And if you scratch the surface, they're really, you know, they may be overwhelmed. They may have three kids under the age of six and they just really don't want to have another. And they're not aware of all the contraception that is available to them. They may not be candidates or may not want oral contraceptive pills or what have you. So again, they go hand in hand. And in general, 
I think, you know, we're seeing an uptake of the IUDs as well in terms of patient tolerability, low side effect profile, and what have you. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sex Med on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Critchman. Joining me today is Dr. Rachel Perry, who's an assistant professor of OBGYN at the University of California, Irvine, who focuses on a variety of gynecological conditions, but also is an expert on contraception. Dr. Perry, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about condoms and the concern about oral sex and HPV and a lot of the mythology going on there. There was just some recent articles talking about oral HPV and the upswing of that. What is your take on condoms, not only for pregnancy prevention, but also many of our young adults are engaging, are putting off intercourse per se, but are still engaging in oral sex? What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. Condoms should be used for oral sex to reduce or prevent transmission of sexually transmitted infections with the caveat that for viruses like the human papilloma virus and the herpes simplex virus, that those still can be transmitted through oral sex because any exposed skin can be transmitting the virus versus things like gonorrhea and chlamydia where it primarily is affecting the penile urethra. So, you know, it's it's very important, and I do recommend it for my patients, but I think they sometimes have issues with that, that condoms decrease sexual pleasure for oral sex as well as vaginal sex, and I think that's one of the drawbacks that, that some couples have with condoms. And I, I think of condoms primarily as a mode of reducing disease transmission, although they can be effective as contraception. They're much less effective than most other methods. Specifically, we talked about the intrauterine device. The contraceptive implant is also highly effective. And so I I counsel my, especially my younger patients, that condoms should be used 100% of the time in conjunction with one of those higher efficacy methods for preventing pregnancy. So I think of them primarily for uh, disease prevention, and they should be used for any active oral, vaginal, or anal sex. Right, and I think I think the issues with condoms very often, the two most common things I hear are women say, we don't use condoms because my partner says he can't feel anything or he loses his erection or he doesn't want to, you know, a lot of excuses on the male partner. The other issue that I hear very often is that, again, we in the OBGYN community, we know that they are not very efficacious in terms of pregnancy prevention, but we also hear the concept of changes in spontaneity. You know, you got to stop in the in the heat of the action, you got to stop and put on the condom and what have you. So a clinical pearl is we really try to help the couple incorporate putting the condom on during the sexual experience to not make it so abrupt and medicinal and to stop the sexual experience as it's going on. So I think it's really important to know those two issues. And again, we have to improve the communication between the couple as well. Rachel, any last thoughts about some clinical pearls, take-home messages that our clinicians need to know about sexuality 
as it pertains to contraception, contraceptive choices for both men and women. Before I let you jump in, I also want you to add something about sterilization. We know that that's a very common choice for both men and women. And it's really encouraging to to recognize that there is no real good data to support the fact that sexual pleasure, sexual satisfaction changes either after vasectomy or tubal occlusion, tubal ligation, or what have you. So Rachel, some last minute clinical pearls for our listeners. Yeah, that's a great point about permanent contraception, both for males and and females, um, that there really is no evidence that it affects sexual function. In terms of um, what I would like to leave your listeners with is just to remember that we have many options for contraception for a reason. Most couples will go through multiple methods in their reproductive lives, and that's an okay thing. So even if the first method that they choose is not right for them, whether it be because of side effects or because of the way that it affects their sex life, there are always other options, and it's pretty easy to switch between methods. And so, you know, it's worth taking the time to talk to your patients about what are their priorities, starting with when she wants to have children, if she wants to have children, if that is a long ways off or never, then you want to be thinking about longer-acting methods that are highly effective. And think about how a given method will fit into her lifestyle. And think about side effects and what are her priorities. Is she okay with not getting a period, or does she like to have a period every month? There's a lot of things to consider, and it's worth talking these through so that your patient has a high satisfaction with her method. And if she doesn't, try something else. Very important take-home points, Rachel. Thank you so much. And Rachel, thank you so much for being with us today to talk about such an important issue in terms of contraception and sexual function. And as you mentioned, we're talking about two very, very important issues, not only sexual pleasure, but sexual satisfaction, as well as pregnancy prevention. And sometimes those can be confusing for patients, and there's a whole variety of different options that are available. So it's important to separate what we really know, what we don't know, and really individualize care. You've been listening to Sex Med on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com slash sexmed to download this segment and others in the series. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Critchman, and remember, sexual health is general health. Thank you again for listening.